right, 47 days. You are the ultimate jury. Best election coverage available on your radio, your television dial. Glad you could be with us. It's going to go fast. It's going to be 37 days. Then it's going to be 27, 17, two weeks from today, 10 days from today, one week from today, five days and counting, four, three, two, one, November 3rd is here. You ready? Now, that's why we put up the information only HannityElection.com map, Hannity.com. It tells you if you haven't registered, how you can register in your state. It tells you, for example, information. Is early voting happening now in your state? It will tell you on Hannity.com. If you're not going to be in town but you still want to vote, how do you vote absentee? The information is there. Who is running in your congressional district? Now that that House leader uh, McCarthy has come up with their commitments to America, well, 435 House Republicans, those that want to be in the House, those running either for re-election or new candidates, that this is they are all going to sign that pledge if you elect them and you give them the majority in the House of Representatives. I mean, I'm going to be very honest with you, is that, you know, it's going to be, if you really like the president's agenda and you're going to take the time to get up, get out and vote or or take the effort to whatever vote. Ma- I'm, I look, at this point, Democrats are all going to try and vote mail in. So you might as well, if you're a Republican and you have early voting, mail in voting, whatever it happens to be, I, you know, just you can check and make sure that your ballot is counted. And, you know, there's a way to do that. Uh, I would take the time to do it. My admonition and warning as many of you that want to volunteer to be poll watchers uh, in your state, if you're especially if you're in a swing state, I think it would be a wise thing to do. Uh, Democrats are telegraphing on every le- level that they're not planning on acknowledging Election Day or the day after even if Donald Trump wins the election. And what, you know, some of the more extreme groups are, are saying is outright scary. Um, I don't trust the same group of people. I'm not trusting the ones that were responsible for a dirty Russian misinformation dossier that was never verifiable, that was then used to take away the civil liberties and constitutional rights of Carter Page to spy on candidate Donald Trump, to spy on the Trump transition team and spy into the deep into the presidency of Donald Trump that went on an entire year, almost 10 months into Trump's presidency. And they knew early on the dossier was dirty, that Hillary paid for it before they ever find, uh, even signed the first FISA warrant. And, and then they even got more verification and more verification that none of it was true. But the bulk of information is even Andrew McCabe has said and Sally Yates had said. Now Rod Rosenstein saying based on what they know now, they never would have signed those FISA applications. Wow. That speaks volumes. A little late, guys. What about the 27 phones scrub clean? Oh, we all put in too many passwords. What, what is it like? Mission impossible with an iPhone? Linda, you're more technologically advanced than I am. If you put in the wrong passcode too many times, your phone, it's like mission impossible. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. This phone will self-destruct in five seconds. Now you got to go and erase the whole phone before you hand it over to the inspector general. I don't think so. That sounds an awful like like we need a significant, serious, real 
investigation into potential obstruction of justice of Mueller's team. Or maybe we could reach out to the NSA, which has records of everything. Well, that's what people like Bill Binney have told us for years and, and other people that I, I like and I admire. They, they basically say that every call, every text, every email is, you know, we have these mega data storage centers and that everything does exist. Well, if that's the case, why didn't they use that information to find the deleted emails of Hillary Clinton and, and save us all this time? You know, she used, went through all the effort of bleach bit and hammers and removing SIM cards and busting up devices. You know, is that going to be the new excuse? Well, I just followed what I just made the same mistake that uh, Andrew Weissman, Mueller's pit bull and struck and page and everybody else made. I, I put my password in the wrong way too many times and I had to have my phone wiped clean. Now, there's certainly, by the way, I'm, I'm like notorious for like, you know, just slamming my phones down, dropping the phone out of my pocket. I'm carrying too much crap. And I should buy one of those protective cases. I don't. I'm stupid. And then usually if I crack the face of it, I usually just get a new phone because I don't feel like going through the process of replacing the face. Is that stupid? Probably, right? I'm wasting my money. Um, but then I find like, I don't know why, but my phones from time to time, they freeze up. And then they seem less efficient. It becomes more difficult to do the things I need to do every day. So I figure it's time for a new one. So I get a new one. I only have one device now. Can you believe I'm down to one device? It's been a minor miracle, I must say. Well, it's gone on for a couple of years now. I've had. But I mean, it took it... a minute, not for nothing. What? What? For me to get down? For you no, to well, finally get down. Just let it go. Get to one let it device. All go. I have no, I, I have no, no email, access to any social stuff. media. I don't have any email accounts anymore. None. I'm gone. I'm off the grid, basically. And then I change my phone a lot. After, well, after you, you know, they've, 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 you know, had these, uh, let's just say, uh, little unmasking incidents, and your personal text messages are released publicly, and you know, Mueller's team, the same ones that you know, all wipe their cell phones clean. Gee, I guess it's. I guess what you can just call it the Andrew Weissman excuse. It's unbelievable the times we're living in. It really is. You know, I always have said to you, you know, when they say irredeemable deplorables or 15%, as Joe Biden says, of Americans that are just, you know, horrible people, or, you know, we cling to our angry people clinging to God, our Bibles, our Second Amendment, our religion, um, smelly Walmart shoppers, Trump supporters, I can smell them from here. Uh, it looks like one of Nancy Pelosi's uh, Dems have now uh, described uh, Trump supporters as loony racist. Illinois Representative Sean, what's his name, Kasten? Or Ka I guess it's Kasten. All Trump supporters out there are a wild bunch of loony racists. That video emerged. Apparently, Democrat Sean Kasten calling Trump supporters racist and loony in a rap during an event last year, what do you, what, you know, what do you think they think of us? This is how the, that we're the fifteen percent, the ten to fifteen percent. Joe's talking about. Um, I'm well. It didn't take long. Joe Biden flip flopped and flailed on the mask mandate. This is now the second flip and flop. Ever confused, confounded, or befuddled? If you want to use O'Reilly's word of the day, uh, yesterday has now flip flopped for a second time on the so-called mask mandate. Parent Schiff, Biden now says his legal team believes that he would have the authority uh, to advance a federal mask mandate, though, 
through an executive order to prevent the spread of corona should he be elected, taking questions from reporters at the event. I would call all the governors to the White House to make the case on the necessity for implementing mask mandates. Asked if he'd use the current executive order to enforce the wearing of masks if some governors refuse his request. He said, well, the question is whether I have the legal authority as president to sign an executive order. We think we do, but we can't guarantee you that yet. Our legal team thinks that I can do it based upon the degree of which there's crises in these states. Biden then emphasized that if he did have the legal authority to sign an executive order on masks, I would. I mean, the guy, okay, uh, is he not reading the news like the rest of us? Because he's getting, now this is a guy that was calling the travel ban. He was out there screaming the travel ban is hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. World he Health Organization it. now has officially, officially declared yeah, COVID-19 a pandemic. Downplaying it, being overly dismissive, or spreading misinformation is only going to hurt us and further advantage the spread of the disease. But neither should we panic or fall back on xenophobia. Labeling COVID-19 a foreign virus does not displace accountability for the misjudgments that have been taken thus far by the Trump administration. Let me tell you something, Joe. If you had your way, hundreds of thousands more Americans would have contracted the virus, and God knows how many thousands and thousands and thousands would have died because you just cared. You didn't want to piss off the Chinese. You don't even want to. Oh, it's xenophobia. It's fear-mongering. Well, that one decision 10 days after the first case bought us valuable time and prevented hundreds of thousands of Americans from contracting the disease. By the way, look at how bad things are in New York. Now, if you think it can't happen, just think of Motown. Think of Detroit, because it happened there. They lost half their population, bulldozing neighborhoods after they tried to sell them for a dollar on eBay at one point. Nobody wanted to buy them because you had to pay taxes still on them. Uh, They bulldozed entire neighborhoods. 44% 44% of New York City residents now are have considered moving out of the city the last four months. 37% said it's somewhat likely they won't be living there within the next two years. 69% of residents cite the cost of living as a major reason to get the hell out. 53% of top earners are working from home. Uh, and it just goes on from there. And I'm just telling you, liberal, liberal policies in liberal states and cities are pushing people out of, you know, these these places. Now, here's what Joe's missing. The, and I'll go to USA Today today. I don't usually cite them as a source, but I will today. The headline is Pfizer vaccine trial is growing. Candidate looks to be quite safe, according to the CEO of Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. Now, let me just say up front, because I know some of you are not going to want to get a vaccine. I don't care if you get a vaccine or not. That's up to you and your doctor. It's not up to Sean Hannity. You know, I'm going to read the information and I'm going to read the study. I'm going to talk to all my doctor friends and I'm going to make the right decision for me. You make the right decision for you. You decide. Anyway, it's one of the front runners. Pfizer is. Again, we have nine companies, nine separate final phase human trials going on as we speak. And they said earlier, Pfizer said it could be mid-October to late October, and, and they expect that they'll have enough data to see say whether or not they have it. This is what the CEO is saying now, that, it's, that their final stage trial, that the vaccine looks safe, 
The company expects to have the data next month on how it protects people, antibodies, etc. The CEO said yesterday that he's intentionally revealing more information about COVID than he normally would about another vaccine under development because he wants the process to be open and transparent. He said transparency is a must, particularly given the situation and the politicizing of the vaccine he said the company said saturday that it was expanding the trial from 30,000 to 44,000 people to include teenagers 16 to 18 as well as people with diseases like hiv hepatitis a b or c and he said the expansion took place because the vaccine appeared to be extremely safe and the trial could be expanded without delay without delaying the timeline for completion now what i'm hearing is is just like second phase trials that there they have now figured out the optimal dose. They have determined that yes, the antibodies are created. Nobody is getting, nobody's dying, and the side effects are minimal for a very small percentage of people. That's what I'm hearing. Now, if that's the case, and they could show that with thirty or forty-four thousand people, then you're going to make your own decision. Now, the president is going to make the vaccine available for free, ready for immediate, massive manufacturing and distribution. Immediate. It's pretty That's pretty insane. I mean, I said from the very beginning, look at the Hannity timeline on Hannity.com. I said, I trust, our, I trust medical researchers. They're great. Our, our scientists, our experts, medical professionals, they didn't get everything right on this virus by any stretch, but I believe that you know their ability to win the war, they're always going to win now. You know, and these are tough, you know, people spend entire careers just just studying viruses and they're great at what they do. Thank God. I mean, especially for the most vulnerable, they should be have first access to this thing. Chris Rock ripping the Democrats and Pelosi. Yeah, you let the pandemic come in, came in during the impeachment. It's all true. I mean, this is the frustrating part of the world we're living in. It is everything is upside down. I am so sick and tired of the upside down world that they are putting the country through. They're double standards. I mean, everything is, every second of the day, you know, to get lectured by the likes of the confused and weak and frail Joe Biden about corona, I mean, it's it's just repulsive. I mean, he's he's been hiding the whole time in his basement. Unbelievable. You know, the American people are now safe, I guess, from Joe Biden's unsolicited, creepy, touching, hair-smelling, and kissing. That's one good thing. And, you know, it's he's become so restricted in his access. He's pre-selecting reporters that he's allowed to call on. Uh, uh, Well, who do I move up? Move move it up. I mean, he's exhausted. You know, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of caffeine on on debate day. Plenty of Red Bull, plenty of coffee that day. I don't know. There's got to be something to give him a, a lift. Weak, frail, confused, confounded. I mean, I, I've been saying this a lot. Think of like a hard job at like a restaurant. And I was a, you know, when I had to wash dishes, I had to move my, you know what? I was a busboy. I used to run through the restaurant with huge trays. I used to be able to carry them very skillfully. Like you'd expect a waiter to and not drop a thing. I uh, was tending bar. I was sweating and flying, you know, so busy or some, sometimes. You know, 200, 300 people come in during a wedding. You're, you're the front bar. They slam you. They expect you to move your ass. Think Joe Biden could do that? Was that a gin? 
and tonic has he run the free world doesn't have the energy quick break right back live free or die america the world on the brink in 47 days or is it 47 days now the issue of real voter fraud we've talked about i explained the heritage foundation they've identified nearly a thousand convictions of voter fraud just in recent years we've given you very specific cases we can go over them again There was a decision in Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court there, to extend mail ballot deadlines for the election. Now, as Kevin McCarthy, the first pointed out, what did California think? He said that they're actually going to count a ballot if it's received 16 days after the election. I'm like, why do we have an election day then? Now, early voting has started in many states. Now, who's going to verify the authenticity of of the ballot. You think that everybody's honest? Well, that would be naive and that would be reckless. How do we get a thousand convictions on voter fraud? 1,285 cases they've identified in recent years. Today, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court extended the state's mail ballot deadline on Thursday, which means that there could be tens of thousands of additional votes to be counted. You know, the famous story, well, um, how many uh, ballots do you need? What do you need? And anyway, um, all Republicans have been arguing is that votes should be received by Election Day. Seems fair. State law is very clear in Pennsylvania that ballots must be received by 8 p.m. on Election Day. Why do we have the polls ever closed then? You know, why bother? We're going to count the votes five more days. Let's we'll keep the polls open for five more days, right? State law, Pennsylvania, that must be received by 8 p.m., and they will be counted if they are received by 5 p.m. the Friday after the Tuesday, November 3rd election. Now, to count ballots arriving after Election Day, they either must be postmarked by November 3rd or have no proof that they were sent afterward. In other words, you got to prove How do you prove that? Anyway, ballots that arrive by the new deadline with missing or illegal postmarks would be would still be counted. Ineligible postmarks would still be counted. Well, what's the point of having a deadline? What's the point of, you know, why why why, why wouldn't you mandate it's it's in by election day? Anyway, I don't think this is going to hold. I'm sure it's going to be challenged, but in addition, the court held that state election law allows counties to use drop boxes for hand delivery of mail ballots denying requests from the president's campaign and other poll watchers to work in counties other than the ones that they are registered and denying a request that other people be allowed to deliver uh, voters' ballots. Anyone going to check who's dropping these off? Pretty scary. Pennsylvania reports 933 new cases, by the way, of the virus. Uh, They're talking about here. Now, uh, we're going to have an investigation on Hannity tonight. Recent weeks, numerous concerns have been raised by the attorney general and the president over mail-in voting and the accompanying fraud that's possible. In Vegas, NBC3 reported that the FBI is already preparing for potential voter fraud in Nevada. FBI says voter fraud can occur nearly anywhere in the process. Let's say somebody's passed on and is receiving a ballot, meaning they died, or there's somebody who's moved or somebody else lives there. They receive a ballot for somebody else. Well, we would want people to do the right thing and report the incident, not cast a vote, because otherwise that would be voter fraud. 
There's reports that more than 349,000 dead voters remain on the voter rolls, nearly 350,000 dead registrants remain on voter rolls across 41 states, according to an adult, an audit rather, conducted by the Public Interest Legal Foundation. 2016-2018, states credited 14,608 registrants for voting after death, they found in that report. 2016, 43,760 such duplicate votes cast, tens of thousands of duplicate votes were cast by mail, the report found. The report found 8,360 voters who appeared to be registered in two states and voted in both. 5,500 voters were apparently registered at two addresses in the same state and voted from both. Uh, The Hill reported yesterday voters in North Carolina are receiving two absentee ballots. And confusion with a set of absentee ballots in North Carolina County caused some voters to Received two identical ballots ahead of November's general election. Great. Uh, It's called uh, Mecklenburg County election officials said the ballots for some voters in Matthews, North Carolina, were improperly labeled incorrect names. They were shredded before being sent. The AP reported that some voters eventually received two ballots when official ballots printed new ones to address the initial mistake. Fox News reported more than 1,600 uncounted New Jersey primary ballots were found in a random bin at a county elections board. Great. Officials in New Jersey's Sussex County, they found more than 1,600 ballots from the July primary in a mislabeled bin there last Thursday. The majority of residents in Sussex County voted by mail in their July 7th primary. The New Jersey governor, a Democrat, issued an order making New Jersey a universal mail-in election state, meaning all active voters will be sent mail-in ballots without needing to request them. On August 20th, Fox News reported that Patterson, New Jersey, would hold an entirely new city council election after the initial election was marred by voter fraud stemming from mail-in voting fraud. Judge ruled that a new election will be held in November for this disputed Patterson City Council seat just weeks after the race's apparent winner and sitting council member were charged with voter fraud. Alex Menendez won a special election May 12th to fill the seat. Claims of voter fraud soon raised. Investigation launched by the U.S. Postal Service law enforcement arm told the state attorney general uh, and their office about hundreds of mail-in ballots located in a mailbox in Patterson along with more found in a nearby, you know, place there. Ultimately, Passaic County Board of Elections decided not to count 800 ballots cast in the race. Voter fraud charges were brought in June against Mendez, a a Patterson Patterson Council Vice President Michael Jackson, and two other men. New York Post, August 29th, bombshell article. About that Democratic, we covered it, political operative who claimed to have committed voter fraud on a large scale numerous times. Top Democratic operative says voter fraud, especially mail-in ballots, is no myth, and he knows because he's been doing it on a grand scale for decades. He said fraud is more the rule than exception. Some of the biggest names, highest office holders in New Jersey have benefited from his tricks, according to campaign records. An election that is swayed by 500 votes, 1,000 votes can make all the difference and said it could be enough to flip entire states. Bernie Sanders, diehard with no horse in the presidential race, said he felt compelled to come forward in the hope that states would act now to fix 
the glaring security problems that are present in mail-in ballots. Quote, this is the real thing. There is going to be an effing war coming over November 3rd, all about this stuff. And if they knew this, how the sausage was made, they could fix it. He committed uh, fraud, he said, through various means, phony ballots, inside jobs, working with postal employees, nursing homes, quote, helping the elderly fill out their ballots, voter impersonation, sending operatives to vote as other voters and bribing voters. Detroit Free Press, September 15th, noted that an error resulted in Michigan ballots for overseas voters, omitting Mike Pence's name. Whoops, temporary error, they called it, in the database for those that live abroad. Jeremy Spike Cohn is a Libertarian Party vice presidential nominee. On the ballot, the Libertarian Party does not have a listed candidate. Pence's name is not included on the portion of the ballot obtained by the Free Press. Even Wolfie Blitzer reported September 2nd that Bill Barr expressed his concern over mail-in voting. He said, this is playing with fire. We are a very closely divided country here. People trying to change rules to this, to this methodology, which as a matter of logic is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous, and people are playing with fire. On September 15th, the Daily Mail reported to AG Bill Barr stating mail-in voting is corrupt during an interview that he gave to WGN Radio in Chicago. Barr's harshest criticism came for mail-in voting. However, he claimed eradicates the idea of a secret ballot. It leaves voters open to influence. It presents the opportunity for ballots to be bought. Just think about it the way we vote now. He said, you have a precinct. Your name is on a list. You go in. You say who you are. You go behind a curtain, and no one is allowed to go in there to influence you. And no one can tell you how you vote, and no one can tell how you voted. All of that is gone with mail-in voting. There's no secret vote. You have to associate the envelope in the mailing and the name of who's sending it with the ballot. There's no more secret vote with mail-in voting. A secret vote prevents selling and buying of votes. So now we're back in the business of selling and buying votes, he said. Capricious distribution of ballots, he said, means ballot harvesting, undue influence, outright coercion, paying off a postman. Here's a few hundred bucks. Give me some of your ballots. Politico reports that this Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling is extending the deadline of mail-in ballots to allow ones received by November 6th, three days after Election Day. Now, on top of that, now we've got the radical left uh, and their plans that they are telegraphing if they don't get the election results they want, which means Biden. Hillary Clinton's comments not urging Biden not to concede the election under any circumstances. She said Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we're as focused and relentless as the other side is. Wow. They basically want, you know, what, what you can you imagine what this has the potential of? This is somebody that was. You know, once the first lady and a U.S. senator, pretty frightening statements from her. 2016 presidential candidate for the Democrats predicted among several scenarios. Republicans are going to try to mess up absentee balloting so that they could get a potential narrow advantage in the Electoral College. We have got to have a massive legal operation. I know the Biden campaign is working on that. Poll workers, I urge people. 
who are able, be a poll worker. Okay, I urge people to be poll workers, too. For Donald Trump. There you go. We'll have some parody. We have our own teams to counter the intimidation, she says, of the Republican. Nobody wants to intimidate anybody. How about we have a free and fair election? That's all, we sh- that's all anybody should want. A free and fair election without fraud. Uh, July 2nd, Forbes writes an article outlining the fact that Biden has hired 600 lawyers, quote, so Trump can't steal the election. He says that he has volunteers who will go into every single state, figure out whether chicanery is likely to take place. I don't even think he's aware of anything that's being done in his name. Uh, Former Attorney General Eric Holder, when the downward kick him, that guy, Obama's wingman, also reportedly working to communicate, we're a nation of cowards also, uh, communicate to it with independent groups participating in the legal battle. The Hill reported September 14th, Biden had expanded his campaign's legal team. Democrats, Joe Biden is reportedly forming a special litigation team made of hundreds of lawyers ahead of a potential legal battle against Trump and the campaign. Uh, the special litigation team will include lawyers from the Democratic law firm Perkins Coie. Wow, that's the ones that funneled Hillary's money and the DNC's money uh, to Fusion GPS. They're going to look state by state. Battles over casting ballots, voting ru- rules. Mark Elias, his name is back. Chair of Perkins Coie's political law group will lead the portion of the unit, according to the Times. Same characters. Legal battles over election rules have already been launched in several states. In New York, there was corruption. That's it. This is now what they are saying they are willing to do and where they are willing to go should scare everybody. I don't know. I have no idea. But if Republicans are not paying attention to what is they are telegraphing, they are planning to do are being extraordinarily naive and foolish. They're setting the stage for a major battle post-election in this country. That's what they want. Chaos. Same people that have been very reluctant to even acknowledge violence and anarchy and looting and arson and madness on the streets of our cities. Pretty scary, pretty irresponsible, but, you know, same people that had no problem with a dirty Russian disinformation dossier. Nobody in the de- no major Democrat has ever criticized the premeditated fraud on the FISA court to spy on a candidate, his transition team deep into the presidency, when it turns out to be a Hillary Clinton bought and paid for debunked dirty Russian misinformation dossier. They'll do that. I guess you can do anything. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Right, glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I reported earlier this week, Ron Johnson's committee in the U.S. Senate, a, a deep, deep dive into Brennan, Clapper, Comey, and now information we are expecting shortly, as we've kind of got a preview of what they're coming at, a lot more to what Hunter Biden was up to. Now, it's fascinating because Chucky Schumer uh, now wants to stop any and all investigations into the Bidens. Now, remember, we, we impeached Donald Trump this year. And the impeachment trial took place in the U.S. Senate. Remember, they urgently needed to do it so they could go on Christmas vacation. 
And they did it, by the way, while the president was instituting the travel ban and then the first quarantine in 50 years, the first travel ban from China, 10 days after the first identified case of corona. You know, the ever confused, weak and frail Joe Biden is calling it uh, hysterical, xenophobic and uh, fear mongering. Said that all the way through March, was out campaigning through June. Unbelievable. Not never talked about anything. We can't scare the American people. This is xenophobia. Well, of course, he wants to keep, I guess, the, the gravy train going for zero experience Hunter, who got a special deal flying on Air Force Two two weeks after the trip with his father to on Air Force Two to China. Uh, he's got a one, $1 billion deal with the Bank of China. I don't know why Deutsche Bank didn't get it or Goldman Sachs didn't get it or any one of the Chase, JP, you know, Chase Morgan, whatever you call that company, didn't get it. I should know it's my own bank. But anyway, long story short, why is that? Um, then, of course, we had an impeachment over Ukraine. Well, we got Joe on tape. I said to them, you're not getting the money. Now he's talking about a billion taxpayer dollars. Unless you fire the prosecutor. Who is the prosecutor? Prosecutor is a guy named Victor Shokin. Why would a vice president ever want and demand a prosecutor be fired in Ukraine of all places? Well, because the prosecutor was investigating Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden and the company that was paying him millions of dollars. Now, when Hunter did the dumbest interview a 49-year-old man could ever give to ABC's Good Morning America, he was asked... Have any experience in gas? No. Oil? No. Energy? No. Wow. Any experience with Ukraine? No. Why do they why do you think they, they chose you? Uh I don't know. I don't know. Could it be because your dad's the vice president in charge of policy for Ukraine? Yeah, probably. That's probably the reason. And they impeached Donald Trump over a phone call. And they only had one fact witness. Every other witness was a hearsay witness or an opinion witness. One fact witness. What did Donald Trump say to you when you talked to him about Ukraine? He says, I want nothing. No quid, no pro, no quo. And they want to stop it. And now Schumer is out there saying they're calling for the cessation of any Senate investigation or activity that allows Congress to act as a conduit for Russian disinformation. Oh, okay. We're back to that lie again. Anyway, the quest for equal justice never stops. Finally, Lindsey Graham's committee. Now they have, remember, we had two, two testimonies recently. One was with Rod Rosenstein and Sally Yates. And it took a while to get especially out of Sally Yates. But knowing what you know now, would you have signed the FISA warrant application with the bulk of information being the dirty Russian dossier with Russian disinformation in it? And remember, Yates, McCabe all said without the dossier, there is no warrant. They both said, no, knowing what they know now, they wouldn't. Well, Mr. Man of Higher Honor, James Comey, uh, apparently is going to be speaking before Lindsey Graham's committee. We now have a date. The senator from South Carolina, who, by the way, has a lot of a lot of enemies. I am not noticing the people of South Carolina that there's a lot of donations coming into your opponent. You're up for reelection. On November 3rd in 47 days, Senator. And I notice, am I, am I wrong? Did Barbara Streisand <laughs> donate to your opponent? Uh, no, you're not wrong. My opponent. Did Rosie O'Donnell? Raise. Give me the list of names. Who's donating? Who's trying to influence 
uh, the election in South Carolina that's not living in South Carolina? Uh, everybody. Uh, if he had to depend on South Carolina to raise money, he'd get about maybe 10000 bucks. But moveon.org, Planned Parenthood, uh, all the gun control groups, uh, the most the left of the left of the uh, Hollywood crowd. Uh, but here's what I want you to know. I mean, these people are serious about taking back the Senate. My opponent will raise $30 million in three months. I'm trying to get to 15. We're being outraised two to one. I'm being outspent four to one. It's happening all over the country. Act Blue is the vehicle for this. He's getting millions of dollars through Act Blue, low, low dollar donations. 48% of the people listed their, uh, listed themselves as unemployed in 2019 for Act Blue. This whole thing is fishy as hell, but it's real, Sean. I mean, there was a poll out that showed a race tied. It had 34% of the sample Republicans on Election Day. It would be in the mid-40s for sure. Uh, but the poll is real in the eyes of Democratic donors. The Democratic National Committee is now sending some money in. So I've got a, I've got a perception of a race, and uh, we're going to fight back. But to the people on, the, on your show, if you... If you can spare a few bucks to Lindsey Graham, that will help me a lot because I'm going to get an outraise two to one unless we close this gap. And it goes back to Kavanaugh. They want to, the revenge of Kavanaugh. I stood in the way of destroying Brett Kavanaugh. He's on the court. Susan Collins did a great job, but I spoke for most people on this radio program listening about what they thought about the Kavanaugh hearing. And I've uh, stood with Trump. I've stood with Trump on everything that really matters. And that's the unpardonable sin of the left. And so they're dumping money into uh, South Carolina from all over the country, the most liberal people in the world. Schumer's now sending money. And South Carolina's not for sale. I just need enough money to fight back to label him the liberal that he is. And he's for D.C. statehood. He's for Puerto Rico becoming a state. He's for doing away with electoral college. He would have voted against Kavanaugh. And he supported impeachment. So what more can I say? Pretty unbelievable. And how do people get in touch with you? LindsayGraham.com. If you, you know, if, if everybody could donate a couple of bucks, he raised a million dollars in 20 hours. He had a bogus poll that showed it tied. And again, it's under sample Republican, Republicans, but it has a reality to it. In 24 hours, he raised $1 million off a poll. And I just need people to come to my aid. I, you know, people on this radio show and Others in the conservative world who want to make sure that we keep the Senate, uh, we need to fight back. We need to show up, and I'm going to do everything I can to label him the liberal he is. And I'm proud of supporting President Trump. You know, I'm proud of helping uh, Brett Kavanaugh. I wouldn't change a thing. So there you go. Let's talk about we. I mentioned the testimony of Yates and Rod Rosenstein. Uh, James Comey right. he signed three of the four FISA warrants. He was warned before signing right. the first one that. Hillary paid for it. It's not verified, although it says at the top of a FISA application verified. So he never verified it. Right. He put his signature on three of them and it, we wouldn't have had it. According to the testimony of so many now, there would be no dos There would be no FISA warrant without the dossier. Uh, then right. he went to Trump Tower and he said to Donald Trump, it's salacious and unverified. So he either lied on the application or he lied to Trump. But then after the subsource finally spoke, the subsource of Christopher Steele right. in January 2017, there was no doubt whatsoever the FBI knew. Everybody knew there was no evidence that none of the dossier that they were using to spy on Trump uh, was legitimate. And it was right. unverifiable and it was debunked. But they kept signing. He signed three of them. Now, he's coming before well, your committee when? 
Uh, he's coming September the 30th, and what I'm going to do is try to build on the Horowitz report. Mr. Horowitz found all this out. He found out about the January and March interview of the Russian subsource. He found out about the memos that were generated from the interview. Uh, he was the one that told us that the subsource told the FBI it's all bar talk, it's all hearsay, uh, it's not verified. You know, a lot of this I just heard uh, rumor and gossip. So I want everybody who signed the warrant. Uh, Yates and Rosenstein said, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have applied. I wouldn't have put my name on the warrant application. So I'm going to write a letter to everyone who signed this warrant application from October all the way to June and ask him the same question. But Comey's different. He's in charge of the investigation. And we're going to ask the question, how could the director of the FBI in the most important investigation, maybe in the history of the Bureau, a sitting president, uh, not know all this stuff? And if he did know, why didn't he act? So I'm not trying to, you know, play gotcha with him. I'm glad he's coming. He'll be asked hard questions. Um, uh, the, the case agent and the intel analyst who interviewed the subsource, they're going to give testimony uh, to the committee. So the committee's doing its job. We're going to try to find how the system got solved for rails and the FISA court was misled and try to hold people accountable. So stay tuned. At some point, if you find out information you gave the court is false, the FISA court demands that you go back to them and tell them that it was false. They never did that. Well, there's an obligation in the law to reveal to the court and to, to anybody exculpatory information. So I'm going to make a list of number of times that the FBI was warned about the dossier not being reliable, about still being shady and having a bias. It's going to be a pretty exhaustive list. Ask the question, how could all this stuff go ignored? What's Durham's job? Durham's job is to see if anybody broke the law. I'm not a prosecutor. My job is to build on the Horowitz report to make sure that you never do this again. Try to save the FISA system by changing it. Holding people accountable uh, through the criminal process is up to Durham. The question for the country is, how could it be that you get a warrant renewed four times from October to June with all this information about a document uh, that shows it is at best unreliable, and the system keep on applying. That's what I want to know. They were told repeatedly it was false and it was political. They were told all over Multiple and over again. times they were warned about the nature of the steel, his bias, and the actual content. So just stay tuned. Again, I appreciate Mr. Comey coming. He may have a good explanation for all this. Uh, Mr. McCabe, who is the number two guy, I'm hoping he will come. We're in negotiations. Peter Strzok is selling a book. I want him to come. Uh, I think it's important this never happen again. Peter Strzok says all this is because people are overworked. But isn't it a crime to lie to a court? It is a crime to mislead the court. It is a crime to present information to court that you know or should have known to be false. That That's the only thing that separates us from chaos. Warrants are non-adversarial. You don't have a defense attorney when you apply to a court for a warrant. The the, the uh, judges have to rely upon the honesty of those making the application. And Rosenstein and Yates said, I didn't know all this. I'm not charging gathering the facts. I was looking at the facts and applying it to the law, and if the facts right. were accurate, there would be a basis for the warrant. Somebody's got to be in charge of gathering the facts. I would continue. Senator Lindsey Graham, he himself up for re-election 47 days. I guess it's a badge of honor when Rosie and Barbara Streisand and all these Hollywood libs are pouring in thousands to, to 
sack your, uh, you know, uh, your, have you beaten. But I, I don't think the people of South Carolina, I have faith in the people of South Carolina. They're not going to buy what Hollywood says. Well, you know, the state's not for sale. And what's happened really is not that all of a sudden South Carolina became a democratic state or that we changed who we no, are. No, they hate it's you. really about. Yeah, so they hate you. To be honest with you. They hate my friggin' guts. Yeah, they do. I stood up for Kevin. Welcome to my world. People. Yeah, yeah, listen, I, your world is a tough damn world. I, you know, I'm the Republican. A lot of people felt like, hey, we can, we can uh, do business with. I voted for Sotomayor and Kagan, and people didn't like it on our side, but I thought they were qualified. And that's why my voice mattered when I stood up for Kavanaugh. These people want to destroy Donald Trump as a person. They want to destroy his presidency. Like most people on this radio listening to your program, I'm tired of it. I'm glad I stood up for Kavanaugh. He's one of the most decent people to ever be nominated, one of the most highly qualified people. It's a badge of honor, Senator. Let's let's cut to the chase. You know what? Let's kick their ass, Sean. Half the people listening today would send me a buck. We would wash them away. They raised a million dollars based on a bogus poll. They would rather beat me, Mitch McConnell, and Donald Trump than any three Republicans in the country. My state is not for sale. He's going to raise $30 million. Help me if you can. LindsayGraham.com. This, the, nothing would please these guys more to take me out because I'm oh, you're right. a pardonable thing of helping Trump. Last question. Mueller's, Mueller's 27 phones erased. We have less than a minute. Yeah, so I've talked to the Justice Department. They're going to look at it. They need to look at it as a potential criminal violation, obstruction of justice. I trust uh, uh, Horowitz. I trust Barr to get to the bottom of it. We're going to have an accounting of Crossfire Hurricane uh, September the 30th. Tune in, and uh, we're going to get to the bottom of it. I'm proud of the committee. LindsayGraham.com. All right, Senator. I appreciate you being with us, and I think it's a badge of honor. And I'll tell you, if you're going to vote for Trump, You've got to vote for the House member. 435 members. They gave you their commitments that they're all signing a pledge to you. Lindsey Graham, uh, we need people like you fighting every day. This, these investigations end if Schumer is the head of the Senate. More on the other side as we continue. Live free or die. America, the world on the brink. You are the ultimate jury in just 47 short days. One of the issues now that is front and center is the issue of coronavirus. And Joe Biden in the Democrats, they seem to be freaking out a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's, um, you know, it's obvious that we are now, as I mentioned earlier, on the precipice of historic time. And that would be FISA, their CEO speaking out. And they're one of the nine front runners. They're now in the final stage human testing trials of, of the vaccine. He's very optimistic. He, his name is Albert, what is it, Albert um, uh, Borla. He said uh, that he is intentionally revealing more information about COVID-19 and, and their candidate vaccine than he would about another vaccine under development because he wants the process to be open and to be transparent, saying transparency is a must, and uh, particularly given the situation and the politicizing of the vaccine. Companies said uh, this weekend they have now expanded their final stage trials of human trials from 30,000 to 44,000 people, including now teenagers ages 16 through 18. Remember, this have started in July. 
uh, as well as people with HIV, hepatitis A, B, or C. Said the expansion took place in part because the vaccine appeared to be extremely safe and the trial could be expanded without delay, uh, without delaying the timeline for completion. And he said that could be uh, as early as mid to late October. And he said, uh, right now, participants, younger people, senior citizens, right now only complaining about minor side effects, there's, such as a headache or sore arm. The data includes uh, lot, thousands of people who received an active vaccine and others a pl- placebo. In other words, a real-life trial study. And uh, then he goes on to point out the company developing its vaccine. They're calling it BNT-162 in collaboration with Germany. And the vaccine developer, uh, BioNTech, does not know which participant got which. Independent Data Safety Commission does know who got the active vaccine and has been checking regularly to make sure there are no health concerns. So far, none. Probably have been... You know, you know, they've concluded that none are vaccine related, no health issues that are major that are vaccine related, according to the uh, senior vice president. I mean, this is this this is big stuff. This is fascinating times we live in. Never been able to break down the sequence of a virus this quickly. Large numbers should allow the company to look more closely. What they really let me tell you what they're saying here. My my interpretation, if you're interested, they're basically saying very simply that now in final stage human trials that they have figured out the optimal dose to create antibodies with nobody dying and minimal side effects. That's what they're saying. Now, I want to be very clear because I know some of you in this audience are very passionate. You do not want mandatory vaccines. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. You know, I have half, I would say half my friends are like me. They get the flu shot every year. I get it because I just can't afford to get sick, honestly. It just, you know what? What, I'm going to get the flu just before the election? No, thank you. I'm going to get my stupid flu shot. And it doesn't, I've never had a side effect once. Not one. And I never get the flu either, too. So, um, you know, I'm going to get it. Uh, but anyway, so they're, they're doing it in d- different geographic areas of the country. And now this has been going on. As I said, since uh, since July and uh, now uh, very, very optimistic times. Now, the president, by the way, was out yesterday calling on Biden to stop his anti-vaccine theories. And Democrats are worried that the vaccine will sway the election. Here's what he said. I'm calling on Biden to stop promoting his anti-vaccine theories because all they're doing is hurting the importance of what we're doing and i know that if they were in this position they'd be saying how wonderful it is Uh, they're recklessly endangering lives you can't do that and uh, again this is really a case that they're only talking just started talking a little bit negatively and that's only because they know we have it uh, or we will soon have it and the answer to that is very soon now i'm being criticized on the vaccine because they're petrified that the vaccine comes in, you know, before the election. And, and I view it differently. I view it like we're going to save lives. It's a, you know, I think it's going to be a great vaccine and we're going to save lives. We have many great companies really close and probably have it. And they're in tests right now. But I'm being criticized for bringing it back too fast. And, and one of the doctors said, you know, it's a crazy world politics. Everybody wanted to get a vaccine as fast as possible. President Trump gets it ready fast. 
and they're criticizing him. Joining us now, Dr. Josh Umber, Atlas MD, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, uh, Fox News contributor, author of a bestseller in her own right. It's called Make America Healthy Again, How Bad Behavior, Big Government Caused the Trillion Dollar Crisis. Uh, welcome, both of you. Um, Dr. Nicole, I'll start with you. This is pretty exciting news. I was reading from USA Today in their article about Pfizer today, and I'm like, wow. You know, now we've had the final phase, stage three human trials. Nobody's dying, minimal side effects, and antibodies created. Sounds like a win to me so far. Well, Sean, this is extremely exciting. We have three drug makers backed by the U.S. in late-stage testing for a potential vaccine. You have AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Moderna all saying that they are going to have data by October, November, certainly by the end of 2020, showing us safety and efficacy data for these vaccines. You know, one thing that I'm finding extremely frustrating right now is when I hear Joe Biden or Kamala Harris come out talking about a rushed vaccine process. I don't remember the outrage when they rushed through and eliminated the control studies on phase three for the Ebola vaccine. People were dying. They were wanting to get this vaccine. And now we actually have legitimate vaccine trials that are going through all the appropriate control processes. And they are still now they're giving it a hard time. I mean, the hypocrisy is astounding. I would think, Dr. Umber, you know, we're going to save especially the more vulnerable population. And, you know, we're potentially going to save a lot of lives here. Politics even, you know, has to, I'll use the term, you know, contaminate, infect, if you will, even something as as important as a vaccine that can save lives. Absolutely. You know, I think this is a great example where um, fast science can still be good science. And the old kind of joke about how it takes in Uh, 10 minutes to do something. No, it took them 20 years and 10 minutes to do something. And we have been studying the SARS vaccine or SARS family since the outbreak in 2003 or 2004. So we are standing on the shoulders of almost research to get us to a point where we could do a follow We we got to fix your phone, Dr. Josh. Hang on. We're going to redial here. Dr. Nicole, let let me go to something more simple here. If they're creating the antibodies, which we learned in stage two trials that they did, nobody's dying, minimal side effects, soreness, as I mentioned, and and just muscle aches. If they're doing that, I know there are a lot of people in this audience that are like, they no way in hell are they going to take the vaccine. And by the way, I like to respect people's personal decisions. It's not my decision. And I don't support a mandatory vaccine. But the fact is, you know, if you have the option and you, you make a decision based on reading the data and consulting with your doctors, if it comes back that the that they create antibodies with no to minimal side effects and nobody dying, I, don't, I wouldn't hesitate at all to take it myself. But that's my decision. Well, of course, Sean, it's a personal decision. And what Dr. Ember was just eloquently saying was that we have been working on SARS vaccines for a couple of decades now. So it is not like we started at ground zero. We had the work underway, which is why we've made such progress. The earlier phases of the trial determine if the vaccine is safe, if it's safe to administer, and if it produces antibodies. We're way past that. We know that that works. That's why we're in phase three. It is such a great sign to see that Pfizer has expanded the people who are being included in the trial to allow um, adolescents as well as those with HIV and hepatitis because those are considered somewhat immunocompromised. So 
So if they have our, if they're expanding it to allow immunocompromised to take this vaccine, that is saying that it is blowing the socks off in terms of safety, and they are doing great. So therefore, by the time we get the data, I am extremely optimistic that they are going to prove that it has been safely administered. What would you say to some of your patients that are just anti-vaccine? Because there are people out there that, that I know listening to the show that I, that I love, people, friends of mine. And they, I'm never taking uh-huh. getting a flu shot. Hannity, you're an idiot to get a flu shot. Then they go through the whole song and dance. I'm like, if you don't want to get the stupid flu shot, don't get it. I don't. I get it, and I, I'm fine. I get it every year. Listen, I I understand everyone's individual choice, and I I am not a one size fits all perfect person. I think that you have to, as an individual, look at the risks and benefits to anything when it comes to your family. For me, I vaccinate my children from the flu, and I also do for myself because I work with immunocompromised cancer patients every single day. I do not want to subject them to the flu, and flu in children is very scary. I do not want my children hospitalized with the flu. They have gotten it every year. We haven't had any side effects, and we also haven't had the flu. That being said, I think that it is all about education. I think you can find a lot of erroneous information on the Internet that will cause some fear and panic in some people. And unfortunately, that has created the anti-vaccine movement. But if you truly educate and learn, there are significantly fewer side effects than most people would believe when it comes to vaccinations. And the benefit far outweighs the risks, in my opinion. Dr. Josh, if if we have a case 30, 40 thousand people now in final stage testing not a single person dies and 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 only minimal side effects nothing nothing too severe at all and there were the minor side effects headaches and sore arms um and it comes back nobody dies and it yet it creates antibodies and there were people that will be suspicious of taking any vaccine what do you say to them i say the the ground basic science on this is incredibly safe. This is uh, equivalent to changing the color of the car, not rebuilding the car. Because we know about the process, we know about the preservatives, we know how to administer it. All we really had to do was find the single protein that would trigger the immune reaction. So it's a dead piece of the virus. That's the best case scenario that we could really imagine so that you can't get the live infection from just a dead piece of it. It's the smallest amount needed to trigger our appropriate health immune response and it can't really do anything else when it's just an individual protein like this. So uh, in that sense we could move very quickly on this technology. We only had to you know, find that one piece and we can stand on the shoulders of you know, decades of uh, vaccine research and science and improvement for all the rest. Um, but this is so a record that never broke down the sequence of a virus this fast, right? How long did it used to take? Oh, it used to take years, but we had vaccines before we couldn't even, you know, break down the sequence of this. Um, and that's why you know, polio was some of, you know, the first vaccine. And, and now science has evolved you know, leaps and bounds past our knowledge of how that worked then. So yet every year we get faster at breaking down the whole genome. But again, we were studying it for 20 years. So we had a lot of foundational research done to make this happen so quickly. Um, so it feels fast, but again, it's, it's 20 years plus six months, not just six months of uh, all new science. There's also the herd immunity, which is a, it's actually a medical analysis, is it not, Dr. Nicole, in terms of now we've had a lot of young people get it, but they're not dying from it by and large. 
Well, yes, herd immunity is science-based, and it is a real thing, and ultimately that is our goal. But when it comes to certain pathogens, specifically SARS-CoV-2, getting the herd immunity naturally is going to result in a lot of death because we have a large elderly and vulnerable population within our nation. The whole goal of vaccinations is to help us reach herd immunity faster where you have about 40 to 70 percent of the population who have either been exposed to the virus naturally or through a vaccination. Of course, because that COVID-19 is so virulent, it is important to try and get there with a vaccine. Uh, and Dr. Josh, I didn't hear you say, would you take it assuming everything stays the same in these final trials, which every indication is this is a go? Yeah, from everything I've seen and read, I would have no problem giving to myself or my family or my patients. Well, I'm going to watch you take it before I let you, you know, even <laughs> advise me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to demand a video, video evidence. Uh, no, I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Dr. Josh. Always good to hear from you. Dr. Nicole, thank you as well. 800-941-SEAN is our number when we come back. And uh, our friend Lou Dobbs is going to stop by. Uh, we'll get his take on the status of the election. We'll get to your calls as well. It says daily troop updates. U.S. troops died in Iran and Afghanistan. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort. If you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure in hell take care of running a, you know, department store uh, thing, you know, where in the second floor of the ladies' department or whatever, you know what I mean? The Iran parliament, the Iran parliament voted to eject all Americans and coalition forces in the country. We made solar energy cost-competitive with traditional energy and weatherized more than a million homes, which is just the beginning if we get reelected. I just have one thing to say. Hang on here. <laughs> All right. There you go. Dance a little bit, Joe. Come on. I tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be I'd be elected president by acclamation. All right. News roundup information over the uh, if I had any of the, the talent of uh, does it, no, this guy has no energy. Wow. It's just like, wow, it's mind numbing. You know, let's go back to the, he gets a question, a young person. It should be, you know, passionate answers here. And he's like, yeah, move up. <sighs> and I would like to know, what will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Thank you. Move it up here. <sighs> you know. You know, uh, this is too hard to answer. Anyway, uh, joining us now is uh, the number one show on the Fox Business Network, our sister station uh, from the Fox News Channel. Uh and that's Lou Dobbs with us. He has a brand new book out. It's called The Trump Century, How Our President Changed the Course of History Forever. And it uh, just came out. And uh, anyway, the great Lou Dobbs, sir, it's been a while. Welcome back. And I, I don't see that uh, Joe has, he seems weak, frail, and, well, let's just say very confused and confounded. Or as O'Reilly said, befuddled. Befuddled. That's a big O'Reilly word, isn't it? Uh, Sean, it's great to be with you, and you're, you couldn't be more right. Uh, the man is. He's confused. He's crazed. He is absent, uh, even when present. It is, to me, uh, the great mystery is how the Democrats, despite all of their delusions, 
uh, and, and the madness and, and the hate of the party. How could they in any way put this man forward to be a presidential nominee to contend with the likes of President Donald Trump? It's just mind-boggling to think they would have that kind of arrogance, that temerity, or that simple lack of judgment. It is. It should be an indictment against every Democrat who supports this nominee and the radical Dem Party. You know, it's. I'm watching all of this unfold, and you know, I took issue big time with Biden. You know, today and yesterday on, for example, COVID. Through late March, starting the day after the travel ban, which was 10 days after the first identified case of Corona Lou Dobbs. I mean, nobody thought that that was a good decision in terms of it's not necessary now, but the president taking it seriously with his actions. I mean, you know, this is the whole thing in the Bob Woodward book. Of course, I don't want to down. I want to downplay it to the American people. What he's saying is obvious. It's clear. It's unambiguous that I don't want to create fear and panic unnecessarily with the American people. And, you know, I upplayed it, meaning by my actions. He contradicted himself. No, because the travel ban 10 days after the first identified case of Corona means he took it as seriously as you can, followed with the first quarantine in over 50 years and the subsequent travel bans. But, you know, for over two months, Joe Biden was out there calling it hysterical xenophobia and, and fear mongering. You're right. And, and racist, of course. Uh, to think that the, the the Joe Biden wing of the Democratic Party, which is now left wing extremists, uh, could even pretend that they knew what they were doing in January of 2020 is is r- ridiculous on its face. This is the president uh, to remind everybody he is the man who said we're putting a travel ban uh, against China in place. He was called, as you said, xenophobic, racist, et cetera, et cetera, the usual name calling from the left, because they didn't think it was a big deal. All of the people, including Biden, who didn't think it was a big deal in January, are now saying the president should have thought it was an even bigger deal. Uh, They're hypocritical. Uh, They're liars. They haven't got a basic uh, sense of integrity whatsoever on anything that has to do with this president or, or this country. They're anti-America. They are anti, you can call them never Trumps, Trumpers. They're never Americans. That's what they are. And that is exactly what they're going to contend with at the polls. It's one of the I'll tell you shot. what frightens me the most, and, and people are going to criticize you for, for saying that about people. And you know it, but you don't care. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm but, I, but this, I say it differently than you. Because I don't know what it is. There's something about Donald Trump. He lives in their head. And yep. and it's every second, it's every minute, it's every hour it's of every day. They hate this man. The forces are aligned. And what really is so stunning to me is that the, the biggest travesty in this is there's no truth anymore. There's no so-called journalism. That's long dead, gone, and buried. And they're willing to accept an America where it's okay to abuse power, where you take on breathtaking hypocrisy and a double standard, you know, how how do why did, wouldn't the media or Democrats care that Hillary Clinton paid for a dirty Russian dossier and that dossier that not only unverified, they said it was verified to, to FISA court four times. They spied for a year on a candidate, a transition team deep into the Trump presidency. 
and they don't not care. And the mob, they write all the lies and the opposite of what the truth was. And they never they, they're they're willing dupes and accomplices in this fraud. That frightens me because the truth is now destroyed in the process. Yeah, there. I think they're more than that, Sean. The fact is that the 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 Democratic Party has become the party of hate. Uh, there's nothing uh, subconscious or unconscious about their motivation. They mean to take power in the United States. They have worked for four years to block the candidacy of Donald Trump to stop his election. That failed. Then they wanted to overthrow his presidency. And every effort uh, that they have made of any significance has been in that direction to overthrow him. This is not just simply never Trumpism. This is not simply uh, Trump uh, delusion syndrome. These are venal, evil people who mean to work against the government of the United States, to deny our heritage, to deny our history, and to turn this country upside down so they can create a new country. Uh, We have 47 days, Lou Dobbs, until the next election. How do you see this playing out? Because here's my, and I want to say this before you tell me. Sure. Uh, my attitude is you got to you got to play this like you're six points down. You have two minutes left in the game. You have no timeouts. You're on your own twenty. You got to march down the field, eighty yards, cross the plane, kick the extra point. That's the only way you're going to win. That's how. That's the urgency you need in this campaign, in my view. How do you see it playing out? Oh, I think the urgency is absolutely right, Sean. I mean, the Horowitz report took forever. And I'll tell you who I'm mm-hmm. blaming at this point is John Durham. You know, Horowitz yeah, well, should not have taken that long. He had 600 employees. Durham has an army of employees. Yeah. And it should never have taken this long, especially the, the evidence, yeah. the low-hanging fruit of evidence yeah. that's overwhelming and incontrovertible. Look, you and I know John, John Solomon. Uh, other uh, intrepid journalists have handed uh, Devin Nunes. They've all handed uh, John Durham and Bill Bill Barr I, this thing on the, on a platter. They didn't need a year and a half. You and I both know that this is Justice Department is where truth has gone to die, to die for years now, thanks to Barack Obama. But it hasn't changed under this president and this attorney general, and that is what he is running against right now. Is a is a deep state, a uh, interagency, uh, a permanent bureaucracy that insists on controlling government, and they are they still have sufficient control that they can deny an investigation of the greatest political scandal in this country's history, the attempted overthrow of President Trump. And I, by the way, how do I think this is going to play out? I think the American people are now wise to it, and I think he is going to win, and I think he will win big. Listen, from your lips, Lou, to God's ears, uh, I will tell you, I do think this president has an army behind him. I think the enthusiasm is there. I don't think he's a president that you can poll accurately. You see the people. I I mean, look at the people in Wisconsin. They've been camped out for days. It's like they're tailgating at a football game and having the time of their life. And people are engaged in their passion. And I don't know anybody passionate about Joe Biden. Do you? No. And I love the fact the other day he's waving at an empty uh, tarmac uh, to the a cornfield crowd. <laughs> it was a cornfield, Lou. And, and, Joe, and Joe Biden shows up for a motorcade and there are three cars in it. They're going to have a parade for her. Three cars. 
Uh, that's that's the level of intensity. The Biden actually, had. I think there was a total of twenty. To be fair, but you know, listen, let's not quibble over three, the amount of cars. The, you see, but look at look quibble. at the there boat parades. The that's <laughs> the boat parade that has thousands of boats just you know spontaneously, seemingly just you know happened in all over Florida, all South over, Carolina, all over, all the, over place. the country. All over the country. So you really think your level of confidence that he gets reelected is what? High, very high. The American people aren't dumb enough to put a person who can who knows neither where he is nor where he's going into the Oval Office. The Democrats should be ashamed of themselves, and the American people are about to explain to uh, to the Democratic Party that they will not be insulted by such a nominee. Lou, Lou Dobbs, I don't know, maybe it's an Irish thing, but I just, I'm always waiting for the next bomb to drop on my head in life. Yeah. And I I just, until I hear the words, we can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president. I'm just, I'm just going with my analogy. Two-minute drill, you got to cross the plane and kick the extra point. Stay with us, Lou Dobbs. Right. He's got a brand new book out. It's the Trump Century, How Our President Changed the Course of History Forever. Amazon.com, Hannity.com. Uh, and soon in bookstores everywhere. All right, we continue. Lou Dobbs with us. He's now written a new book. It's called The Trump Century, How Our President Changed the Course of History Forever. You know, I think we've gotten to a point. Now, we'll find out in 47 short days, Lou Dobbs, that a president has got to have personality and energy. I mean, I look at the weak, the frail, the confused, confounded Joe Biden every day. It scares the hell out of me if he's ever president. And I think Ocasio-Cortez told the truth, saying, yeah, we plan on manipulating him if if he gets elected. So I think that's true. I've got to believe the American people are not going to elect somebody that is this weak, physically and this mentally. What what was the line you used? It just cracked me up earlier. You know, I think you said uh, um, something to the effect that even when he's there, he's not there. Right. Uh, he, he's absent even when he's present. I, in the the man is infirm. We know that he is impaired. We know that uh, it, it's it's really embarrassing. Everybody knows it. And only people like you and me talk about it because we're stupid or what? Well, well, because we happen to be Americans and we know that uh, the last thing that uh, we give up is our, our, our freedom and our, uh, our rights under the Constitution, amongst them, uh, our freedom of expression. Because if we can't say honestly that this man is struggling as a candidate, that he cannot put together cogent sentences and paragraphs about important issues, uh, as well as just everyday remarks uh, on a tarmac or uh, at at, uh, his home uh, or his basement of his home, uh, it's, it's inconceivable that Americans will vote for him. He is just simply, he's simply not well. And it is a form of elder abuse. I truly believe this, Sean. I think his family has much to answer for in putting him in this position. I think his friends and certainly the Democratic Party have much to answer for, because in any other circumstance, this would be considered elder abuse uh, by, uh, by law and fact. And, and wouldn't you think their hearts would be compassionate enough for a man they presumably love uh, to not put him through this, it, it's awful to watch. I, I don't think you can find many people who can say that I can watch Joe Biden 
try to hold on to a sentence or a thought for very long without feeling very uh, uncomfortable and yeah. and very concerned for it. All right, Lou Dobbs, appreciate it. By the way, his brand new book is uh, now out, The Trump Century, How Our President Changed the Course of History Forever. You can get it, by the way, on Lou Dobbs Shop, one word, dot com, Lou Dobbs Shop dot com, Amazon dot com, Hannity dot com. Uh, Mr. Dobbs, sir, thank you for being with us. Always great to have you. Sean, thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN. Our number, your calls are next. Great Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll continue. I live free or die. America, the world on the brink. 40% off at Amazon.com. Also, Costco's and let's see. I love Costco's too. Walmart. I love Walmart. I'm a smelly Walmart Trump supporter, shopper. Uh, a Target, Books a Million, great, great company. Barnes & Noble, discounts on the book. Uh, thank you again. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe the number of sales we've had so far, and I'm very humbled by it, but more importantly, the real win for is the country. And thank you for making it a number one bestseller again uh, in, in all categories, which was amazing. And not really expected and not really what I want. I, I'm not fighting for that. I'm fighting for the country. I'm, I'm worried more about 47 days. Uh, by the way, poor Humpty Dumpty. You know, he's the stenographer for Mr. Potato Head over the fake news network over there. So, <laughs> poor guy. You know, this, this, is his, this is his job in life. Hate Fox, hate Hannity, and lie about fake news, CNN. Uh, rinse, uh, wash, rinse, repeat. I mean, that's Humpty Dumpty. Could you imagine? Poor guy. Apparently writes this screed. Uh, I have I've not bothered to take the time to read it, uh, and I won't. I've got better things to do with my life. Uh, the little that I heard was only from somebody that, that asked me, do you want to know what's in it? And I go, no, not really. Let me guess. I hate Fox. I hate Hannity. And CNN is great. Uh, and Fox News sucks. Um, yeah, pretty much. Unnamed sources here, unnamed sources there. I mean, the whole show premise, I guess he does a show called Unreliable Liberal Sources. Now, you know, we have something called Nielsen Book Scan, which, I, what is it, about 70% of sales or so. There, right? doesn't do ebook or audio, I don't think, either. Uh, in over three weeks, we're well over the half a million mark. Um, the poor guy, three weeks, you know, I think it's like 42,000 books. That's it, that he scanned on Nielsen. We, what did we scan week one, 184,000? That's correct. Uh, and that didn't include audio, and that That's didn't correct. include ebooks. That's correct. So it was, uh, you, they told you week one was like 250,000? Yeah, combined. exactly. And the poor combined. guy couldn't scan 42, and we scanned 184. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, it's got to suck for him. It's got to suck for Mr. Potato Head, too, who runs that place. Because they just, they just, you know, they live their lives. They're so delusional. And they, they push conspiracy theories and Trump hate every second, every minute, every hour of every day. Fox hate, Hannity hate, Trump hate. That's it. That's the whole network. The funniest thing is, is that the minute Trump is gone one day, and maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't win in 47 days. I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. I told everybody what I think. You got to act like you're six points behind. Uh, we'll use the football analogy that uh, no matter how many times I use it, Linda will never understand. Nor should I have to. I'm in politics for a reason. Hello? Okay. 
Okay, so you're on your own 20-yard line. Do you know how long a football field is? Let me I ask. have Let's absolutely start no idea, nor That's do I care. unbelievable. You don't know? No. Okay, you're on your own 20. You got to march down the field 80 more yards. You got to cross the plane. That means cross the goal line. Uh, the football does. And you got to kick the extra point to win. And you have no timeouts. That's everybody else in this audience understands that. There's not one other person besides you that doesn't get it. Uh, Ethan and Jason, you both agree with me, right? So here's the thing. Before we go to anybody else, since you're talking about me. So you know how like. Talking? Go yeah. Ahead. You know how like when people are talking about things and it makes no sense and you just hear like a like white noise, like it's very strange. It's You're like sort of like that teacher in Charlie Brown, you know, where it's just like. Wah, wah. That's what I hear when you start doing that. See that? That's what I hear. It makes no sense to me. And should it? No, not sports. Unbelievable. You know, your son is now five years old. Yes, he is. is And very athletic, I might add. Okay. And by the way, I am not surprised because except for you, you have a pretty athletic family. I'm an excellent dancer. An excellent dancer. Beyond that. Dancing is not a sport. First well, of all, ballroom dancing, dancing thing, is right? very athletic, and it keeps you I in great shape. I don't disagree with that. Ballet, you have to be incredibly I'm not athletic. doing ballet. Have you met me? Come on. Yeah, no, you're the one rocking out there, singing the songs, you know, exactly. at the wedding party. I used to hip-hop, you know, do some street oh, dancing. Oh, no, listen, you're That's a phenomenal fun. performer. And that brings me to my church question. Did you tell them yet? Oh, God, can we not? Let's oh, please. Quiet. Oh, please. Don't talk about me. No. I am oh. actually volunteering at my church now, though. I'm, I'm even more involved. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be working the services. So, you know, oh, Ethan oh, really? just fell down. Will you please do my, will you, are you ever going <laughs> to take, are you ever going to take my advice and tell them? No. Because if you don't do it, I'm going to find out the name of the place and I'm going to call the pastor and just That's tell That's so them. Christian of you. It really so is. I, I think it is Christian. I'm helping the church if I do that. Are you done? Are we moving on? Singing, you know, any of these anthem Christian contemporary songs like Waymaker. I really like. Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. Why don't you sing a little bit? My God, an awesome God. Yeah, why not? Why don't you play me a song, Piano Man? Go ahead. Get your groove on. Let me hear it. I'm singing a song I can't sing. I I know my limitations in life. I cannot sing. I've actually heard you sing. You're pretty awful. Um, It's God awful. But I I love it. It's funny. I did the devil went down to Georgia with God, God bless God Charlie Daniels. Soul. Yeah, I mean, miss, we miss him. All right, I'm not doing it again now. Why not? Because I've done it enough, enough. So anyway, let's go back to the. So you wanted to say, yo, you could, now I guess you're going to be charitable. But we're not allowed to, you know, laugh at Humpty Dumpty. Me? Oh God, no. Let's laugh at him. I have no. absolutely no patience in my soul for that man. If you want to be the mouth of media matters, by all means. So I get a call from our friend in the PR department. And she is a friend, right? Absolutely. And, and she says, uh, I guess I just have to pass this on. But they're offering an opportunity for you to go on Humpty Show. And I'm like, come on, you're joking, right? You would, they, now, this guy has got like no ratings, like nothing. And, and, and in exchange. That's not true. He has an uncle in Nebraska that watches faithfully. Exactly. That's my point. Uh, hence is, you know, the failure of his book. And the funny thing is, and, and he's like, I made the New York Times list. I'm like, if you, it, all right, the difference between number one on the New York Times could be the number one bestseller could sell hundred, hundreds of thousands of books. By the time you get to the bottom of the list, you know, even number five can be like 5,000 and you make the list. Everyone brags they made the list. Okay, it doesn't mean the book is a success. 
And which they listen. This is all you know inside baseball. People don't care about this. No, they and, do care about it. And you know why? You know why they care? You know how I know like this? Bob Woodward's book is going to sell. Oh, my God, sell. was I in the I middle of a sentence? Up. You really suck at this. My God. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go Thank ahead. you. What I was going Cranky. to say is... It's oh, <laughs> <Go> unbelievable. <laughs> 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 what I was going to say is that the mere sign of sales alone, the fact that people are out there buying your book and not his book, the people are speaking out. They are telling us what's going to happen on November 3rd. It's This is not hard. I'm not reading between the lines. It's it's black and white on paper, 100%. And you know people are speaking with their dollar. No, it's true. I only really care about the country. You know, people uh, people have now gotten into the habit of asking me, well, what if the president loses? What are you going to do? And I'm going to, you know, my answer is keep fighting for freedom and liberty. I'm going to keep fighting because eventually people are going to figure out what we already know. That the guy is not up for the job. And then the policies are radical, hard socialist left. I love our country, our country to succeed. I don't want freedom destroyed in, in this generation. You ready? Yeah. All right, cool. So anyways, what I was going to say was Joe Biden, you know, I mean, we're looking at right now, like when you were talking yesterday about Despacito and talking about the fact that the lyrics are like, sniff me slowly, you know, <laughs> Which is how it translates for Joe Biden. So creepy. It's so creepy. You see the video I played last night? That was great. I mean, just think about all the weird things he said from like, you know, the kids touching the hair on his legs. Now he's like creeping up, smelling people's hair. And then he's playing this song. It's just, there's a lot of weird things. I always think, my God, if Donald Trump did even one of these things, the, the entire media would be up in arms like, oh, oh my God, this is crazy. But he doesn't do anything. You know, he does the Mideast peace accords like, meh. That's okay. Joe Biden waves to a, you know, a field of corn like, oh, my God, he waved to the corn. Come on, guys. It's it's insane. It's amazing the degree of lying and the lack of any self-awareness. The mob, I think they think they're doing God's will. I think that they have convinced themselves they're. Oh, I strongly right. disagree with you. They don't think they're doing God's will. They're doing I their think own they will. Do. They're doing self-preservation. They ought to be begging and hoping and helping and contributing to Donald Trump's re-election. They should, because that's the only thing you've given them any ratings at all. Exactly. They're uh, too know. obnoxious to, to pass on the credit to where credit's due. Listen, this is not my first rodeo. I've been through elections won and elections lost. I can deal with anything. You want to know the truth? It's My job's easier. But it's not about me. It's not about my job. It's not about, it's about our kids to me. You know, as you get older... And I think you're now getting a little bit in in this stage. I'm on the other side of it now that, you know, I'm an empty nester. And I just see life very differently. I see and appreciate my parents and grandparents so much more than I did when I was young and stupid. And I see the sacrifice that they made in their lives for their children and their grandchildren. My father didn't even know, my kids. I just see why they did what they did, and I understand it, and I drove these poor people crazy. I wish I was a and, little bit and better. You've changed In retrospect, how? I wish I was a little bit better. How but, have you changed? <laughs> uh, I actually have, I have. I've, I've become more religious as I get older. I believe in God more than ever before in my life. You're doing that too. Your, yours, your whole thing has shocked me. Why? Because I think we both, be, coming from the Catholic Church, yeah, I mean, we're, and, I, we're and I love the Catholic Mass. I think I just was so disappointed and so angry even at the institutional corruption 
within the church ranks from the local parish all the way through up and through Rome that it just it didn't ever turn me away from God it just it's mankind that's failure and and I think that the whole message of of Jesus Christ is that yeah we're all sinners and that we want to be better people but you know the church is not the place where you should have institutionalized corruption covered up like that it's 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 unbelievable to me See, I, kinda, I, mean, I agree with you on all of that but my reasons for leaving the Catholic Church are a little bit different the broader picture I think on on both religion and politics and the reason why those topics are so divisive among so many is because we align ourselves to corners and my argument has always been like I believe you know like I go to a non-denominational Christian church so people come from all walks of that faith whether it's Protestant Lutheran uh, Methodist Catholic what have you we're all under one roof now we're just praising Jesus Christ and you know the Lord our Savior and just kind of going by the Bible and however you want to interpret it and how whatever your conversation is with God, your personal conversation, that's something and that's personal. Then politics is the same thing. So if we say, oh, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, then we don't agree on anything. But if we talk about issues, nine times out of 10, if you're in a room full of people, you'll agree. So long as you don't assign it a title and a party. And we've seen that time again. If you remember what Howard Stern did, you know, Campus Reform did when they went out and they said all these different things that, you know, that Obama had done, but they assigned them to Trump and people were freaking out. And then they were like, well, actually, that was Obama that did it. And they stood there and they were like, oh, oh, then it's OK, you know, because they just they're not thinking about the issues. They're not thinking for themselves. They're under this groupthink, this this mob mentality. And it doesn't make any sense. It's like we're all about nonconformity. So long as you think like me, it's it's such a paradox. It's 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 actually kind of shocking. See, there is an intersection that, you know, where politics and religion do meet or faith you know this is a country founded on judeo-christian values i believe that strongly from the politics side of it where it intersects is that we believe our founding document endowed by our creator rights come from god and not from government and you know thomas paine said government in its, its best state is a necessary evil and its worst state an intolerable evil um and and then the idea that you know, people, you know, pursuit of happiness. You can't pursue happiness without law and order and safety and security. You can't pursue happiness if your educational system fails our precious kids. And on that note, Sean, today was yeah. the day that the Constitution was signed, as our historian Ethan just reminded me. And I mean, 1787. I think- right, we got to take a break here. I'm going to call Linda's pastor. It's going to be a hell. I don't, oh, my know, God. Did they know don't say cur- I'm going to call Linda's pastor and then oh, use the word it's hell. It's a hell of a time to call a pastor. <laughs> <It's> good grief. <laughs> Does he know you curse as much as you do? Will you, stop. It's like telling kids Santa Claus doesn't exist. Stop. Does Does he know you curse as much as you do? I would say no. I might have to tell him. You're a problem. By the way, I think the Connecticut governor wants people to have the right to write tickets to people not wearing masks. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to end really oh, well. Yeah. I look I'm forward to the person that You're tries to You're not wearing a mask. I'm fining you $100. Uh, okay. Good, good luck handing that ticket over to the guy at the other end of the bar. Yeah, it's going to be great. Good luck that's with that. That's going to be great. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight at 9. Ari Fleischer, Carl Rowe, Dan Bongino, Leo Terrell, Jason Chaffetz, and uh, Reince Priebus in the President's Rally. Uh, I think it was in Wisconsin tonight, right? I think. All right, 9 Eastern. We hope you'll always set your DVR. Fox News, Hannity. Live free or die, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, 40% off. We'll see you tonight at 9. Back here tomorrow with just 46 days to go until you are the ultimate jury. And we continue our promise, the best election coverage on your radio and television dial. 